Salutations. Welcome back to Cage's Kids. This is the Nicholas Cage based podcast in which we discuss each of the National Treasures, cinematic masterpieces, and his life, as well as his life and times and the story behind whatever movie it was that week and the wisdoms in it. <laughs> I'm all American or Adrian. <sighs> <laughs> I am <I'm> disappointment. <laughs> Otherwise known as <laughs> Just Donnie. I, I really, I hate you. So go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm Linda, uh, but this week you can call me the Donkey Cheese King. Um, and uh. might I add, we have the best cage podcast in the world. I mean, I haven't listened to the other podcasts, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh. And we have an awesome guest today. Uh, what is up, everybody? My name is Greg. Uh, McLennan. I uh, work for the Alamo Draft House and Electric Owl Creative. And I guess sure. if we're going by nicknames, I'm going to call myself the Army of One today. <laughs> no doubt in reference to that 1993 Dolph Lundgren movie. Oh, yeah. No, that's what we were supposed to watch, right? I'm fucking up to date on my Dolphy lungs. It would have been better. <laughs> oh, my God. They're stealing cars. Well, it's diabolical. Interesting podcasts if you're already throwing shade. <laughs> yeah i believe we're the only cage podcast that uh isn't full of cage apologists so <laughs> oh no uh, i'm a full cage apologist and i'll let you guys know that off the bat i oh. think he is one of the most miraculous things to ever grace our silver screens i used well, to really true. like the alamo draft house <laughs> I think, I think we still have our love for Cage, but it's a complex relationship. It's a little battered. It's it's kind of it's kind of like uh, he's JD Salinger and we're one of his kids, you know. I mean, I can I can appreciate that. I mean, I started off kind of on the like I love Nicolas Cage movies from the '90s that you were nostalgic about. Oh yeah. Then then I started like diving into some like deep dive Cage because oh. a guy that I worked with we were like Nicolas Cage is great, and then we were like, what would be the most uh, like just terrible idea to make money and i go what if we did a marathon where people came to the theater we locked them in for five movies or, <laughs> or 10 to 11 hours and we showed them nothing but Nicolas cage movies and trailers but we don't tell them what they are oh, uh, oh my god and, and, then, mad man. and then people came like it sold out like in like five minutes and i was like oh shit i didn't think that that was going to happen uh, and, then, and then the next year, I was like, you know, it'd be a real funny goof. Do that shit again. And then it happened. And then the third year, I got reached out to, and they were like, hey, Nicolas Cage wants to come. And I was like, that's not fucking true. Uh, and and uh, he tried to come year three, so I did it again. Uh, and then he wrote me a really nice note to, like, share with everybody. Uh, and he goes, if you do this next year, I guarantee I'll come. And then next year, he came. Oh. And fun fact, I go, Nicolas Cage, you're coming. You can pick all of the secret movies uh, that won't know what they are until the title hits the screen, but you can pick the lineup and put them in order. And one of the movies, Nicolas Cage, who actually sat next to me for 12 hours watching his own movies, oh, wow. uh, picked was Army of One. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is so Did awesome. Did he also have a... Sandily? 
<laughs> uh, no, uh, never on I'm, Tuesday. I've uh, I've wanted to show Zandali, but it's a uh, it's a it's a very acquired taste. Not to say that I haven't shown weird stuff. Uh, and the I, I would never repeat a title uh, each year. So if like I, you showed Face Off and Con Air one year, you're like, you know what? Next year's not going to have any Face Off or Con Air. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. Yeah. Those people can only take so much. <laughs> I don't know, man. Everybody would go home from those things, and then I would just get like tweets and shit where people are like, "Oh man, I was so drunk on it, I went home and watched more Nicolas Cage," <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a wholesome way of enjoying Nick Cage is imbibing yeah. alcohol. I mean, yeah, cageaholicism is a real thing. I think that was the root of this whole thing, though, was like me and Linda getting drunk and watching stuff yeah. like Next and yeah. knowing. I mean. Know? Okay, yeah. I'm. I'm. I think knowing is a very interesting film. It was Roger Ebert's favorite film of the year. The year it came out. Yeah. No, I think we called out Roger Ebert for that on our episode about that. <laughs> but, but next is just like fucking like. Oh my god! It's it's not it's just even a good enough. Beautiful to be a TV piece movie. of shit. Like I love it. <laughs> it really yes. is. You can't appreciate. Yeah. I was just talking about it with a bunch of other uh, Nick Cage podcasters and uh, just last night. And one of them was saying that they wish that they stuck to the story more, the short story by Philip K. Dick. And I said, um, it's about a golden god who uses his sexual powers to make women do what he wants. Like, I'd and say it it's still is because he <laughs> looks at you the way my boyfriend looks at his brother. Or what, what, how'd that go again? <laughs> And Madeline will be sober in the morning. I feel like the log line is way better whenever you're just like, yo, is that that Nick Cage magic action movie where you can jump through time briefly? And you're like, oh, I'd watch that. Yes. For some reason, I, 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 I like, uh, like associate the Ben Affleck, John Woo. Um, what oh, was the movie? Yeah, Paycheck. Paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, pa- yeah. Paycheck and Next are, for one reason or another, in my mind, like sister movies or sequels to each other. No, no, that that spiritually totally makes sense because they're both the kind of movie that yeah. would get featured on the 20 when you get, got to the theater early. <laughs> it's like, this movie requires extra promotion because <laughs> it's not very good. We spend a, mo- a lot of money on the guy who made uh, a James Bond movie and we're not overly confident. <laughs> yeah, it, well, unfortunately, it was it was dying of the day. So, oh, uh, <laughs> got that sky laser, man. He started that sky laser sky motif. Laser. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> You're telling uh, me that that's which, <laughs> You can go to our Patreon and contribute to our sky laser. <laughs> I thought you were telling me. I was like, I'm here to help you guys raise funds for the sky laser. I'm not here to give yeah. you the money for the sky laser. You know why people Come on. need to go to our Patreon, though? Both Colombians stole all my money. Yeah, I, I will encourage that, though. I'm glad to see that you guys' priorities are in check during a pandemic. You're like, what's the world like outside? You're like, fucking terrible. You're like, what are you going to get? Like, soup, tuna fish? You're like, fucking sky laser. <laughs> I'm not gonna right, buy a sky laser. We're gonna buy some my, chicken wings. My, what would Nicolas Cage do? Bracelet, and it said, "Fucking buy a sky laser." On the other side. <laughs> you know, those bracelets so rarely have the answer included. You know, this is this is good. This is this is forward thinking. He's not Jesus. He's not cryptic and ominous. <laughs> he is the one true God. He will give you the answers. <laughs> yes. He is the question. Does he work in mysterious answer. ways? No, he wants a sky laser. <laughs> Our Lord has spoken to me. <laughs> what does God need with a sky laser? <laughs> I, I mean, have I'm just Star Trek TOS on in the background right now. 
I mean, like, you guys all seem like nice people, but I'm looking very forward to Morgan Freeman dying and Nicolas Cage getting all the God rolls, and you guys just have me eat that yeah. big, big old bowl of shit. It's oh coming. God. Just dressing like a penguin chew. and shit. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> I don't know anything about penguins in Africa, but America is the best penguins in the world. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, All right, man. Yeah, yeah. You guys want to talk about the movie? I was about to start talking about the movie. I, I, I really don't. <laughs> well, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna give you a little bit of background here about the. Movie. I would rather not. <laughs> well, Donnie, there's something you need to know. So, on October 28th, 2016, this movie was released. Army of One. There is no reported budget. There was no domestic theatrical release, and it earned a whopping three hundred seventy-two thousand dollars worldwide. Uh, somehow, uh, this one actually didn't have a release in any Arabic country. Uh, I wonder why. Uh, the, the other, the other cage movies from around this time period did pretty well in the UAE, but uh, I guess this one didn't get showed there. Um, this movie did its best business in Italy actually, and in Russia. Um, so it was, uh, number seven in Italy behind Ocean's Eight and something called Hereditary. And in Russia, it was number 11 behind stuff like Rogue One and Collateral Beauty, which I think is the worst title I've ever heard. Where do you see it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> we'll watch it right after Beautician and the Beast. Well, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but Will Smith gives away a lot in that film. Okay. What? <laughs> Will Smith yard sale. <laughs> Take a <laughs> oh, I want to punch people for this. Okay, so so uh, so our Army of One movie is based on true events, or it's inspired by them, or it has a ring of truth. Uh, one of those. Is it though? <laughs> I don't. I, well, it's Linda can tell sweet. us all about that. But the most important thing about Army of One is that it includes Barney. No. <laughs> yes. Matthew Modine. Matthew motherfucking Modine is back, and under, I. Uh, think he was playing the character of his brother because while his brother wasn't um, his doctor, he, he did say that, um, was it, uh, as a physician, I see people with psychological problems all day. And I could attest that he did not have psychosis, paranoia, yeah. schizophrenia, any of those diagnoses. So, you know, he said it was his passion, his calling. God this is, the, this is the, this is his true story. Yes. <laughs> well, they were speaking their truth. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah, I was like, as, yes. as much as I can trust a guy who hasn't been on dialysis and it's hallucinating, it's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got dirty blood just pumping through his brain. Wakes up in a, in a hotel room in Pakistan to the call, call to prayer, whips out his sword. <laughs> you know, I mean, they they claim this is based on a real guy, but I think this is actually sort of a madcap adaptation of Robert E. Howard's El Barak stories, albeit in a different country and set in the present day. Somebody clearly didn't stick to the credits. <laughs> oh, I, well, I, 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 uh, I, I ducked out early from the credits, let's put it that way. Oh, you Son weren't screaming fake news? <laughs> they, were, they, they were showing the real clips of the dude walking yeah. around with a samurai no, I, sword. Yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw that. I saw that. And that he does not anymore. sound anything like the character. 
Cage has favorite voices that he does. Yeah, there's Nicholas the bad lieutenant yeah. port of Paul New Orleans voice, yeah. and so, and this, and now he's back to the Peggy Sue got married voice. Basically, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "What and did I almost lose Jesus. friendships and family over?" Oh, that Peggy Sue voice. Paid <laughs> <laughs> freaking dividends. It was like eating the cockroach. It was a brilliant decision. He does kind of go slipping that's back in a cage when he's high and he's got his leg in a brace. Well, that's but... okay. That that is okay, <laughs> there, 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 there. There's 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 many many inconsistencies about this movie. Uh, just somebody who doesn't appreciate an actor who brings layers to their character. Ogres <laughs> have layers. This man. Oh. Cage should be paying you, sir. <laughs> oh no! Didn't I tell you? I, I I told him he came out to the theater. I'm on the payroll now. <laughs> Do you scout out haunted castles for him too? No, I've actually gotten into real estate to sell his castles uh, during this difficult time. <laughs> oh, well, my castles are made of sand, and they melt into the sea. God, Jesus Christ! So um, apparently, the uh, I, I read, I got a lot of, of information about Gary Faulkner, um, mostly from that GQ well, article that inspired this. But apparently he was uh, he was a really, really kind guy. Or I'm sure he still is. I shouldn't say was, but um, he's he turned to an asshole. Yeah, he's got a lot of friends and he's known to uh, be the kind of guy that would give him the shirt off his back. And uh, he was couch surfing for the longest time. And so they definitely got that right. And he does have a friend named Pickles. So <laughs> that's right as well. Who doesn't? But, um, yeah, right. <laughs> Does his friend Pickles really look like Paul Shear from the League? <laughs> oh, I Paul one Shear. can only hope. Um, he created NTSF SDSUV. I love him for that. He created a lot of awesome things and a lot of uh, comic books. I mean, uh, good comic book stories. So yeah, we we love him. But um, yeah. So anyway, he didn't see God and didn't talk to God. He just had a dream uh, when I think it was like a couple years before, where uh, he was uh, he had to go to Afghanistan, but his feet would never touch the ground, which is why he tried going by boat at first. <laughs> and um, it sounds like all the stuff that they were kind of making fun of him for in the movie was pretty much true with the boat. Like, like dear audience, before? <laughs> don't literally attempt to do things that you literally saw or did in dreams. Some of those things yes. belong there. <laughs> but when he was, um, I guess you could call it caught, whatever, uh, and sent yeah. back to the U.S., it was his 11th attempt at doing oh, this. <laughs> yes. I'm so far removed from reading that article that I'm like like leaning over to the computer being like, oh, what's she going to say next? Because this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and the, the character uh, that Wendy <laughs> played... Um, <laughs> Wendy what? Wendy, you know... <laughs> what? 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 Uh, <laughs> For you Reno always second guess yourself on pronunciations. Just go with the first one. <laughs> McClendon Covey. <laughs> yes, thank you. Nailed it. I'm not even here. looking at it. <laughs> you get a gold star. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> not you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I'm just 
happy for our guest. Um, but she was apparently um, not a real character. Um, they don't say anything about his love life. I think she was just an amalgamation of some of his female friends. Uh, and apparently he was uh, he was watching television with one of uh, the women and their husband when he saw a show that had, uh, it was about knives and it made him decide to get the samurai sword. <laughs> this this was this say... was in between watching God's Got Talent and books and shit, right? Yeah. I was actually yeah, it's called the New Mary Testament. Cohen's God told me to. <laughs> oh man, that Larry Cohen's anything. Where, uh, I'm there. Yeah, right. That scene where he's like trying to slice up the oranges and he's got his sunglasses <laughs> on. It totally made me think of Blind Fury. <laughs> Yes, this is what I've always wanted to do. Shit, Play blind fury. Shit, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it just made it look like a relaxing afternoon. Yeah, we were going to have some fresh, squeezed orange juice afterwards. And then he was just like, oh, I see I'm having all the fun. I'm going to be a good guy and let you join in on it. And then she's just like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like the only time he's ever is like an, an actual like shitty person, apart from having this like bizarre quest and impulse. Yeah. Like he's like a very like, good-natured like wholehearted person he just like in the movie yeah. and separating the movie from the the person like it's just like they tie any of his like adverse emotional behavior to like substance abuse to where it like it creates yeah. like uh, a genesis for in the story to where like having now watched this movie like four times like the first time i was really excited about nicholas cage going to Afghanistan or uh, uh, Pakistan to kill Osama bin Laden with a samurai sword. Uh, and then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and it was like, yeah. it was it, it was enjoyable, but relatively like mm. kind of like a nothing burger. And then whenever I got to yeah. watch it, uh, and then I watched it again. And every time I watch it, I start to appreciate the movie more. Me so, too. That's you know, exactly You know it. the story about what happened to the uh. movie though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were yeah, talking about my Stockholm syndrome, but you're talking about how they took Kyle oh, Cut away. No, that, I'm sure you'll share <laughs> you that story it. too. Well, no, like this is this is a Larry Charles joint right here. So this is this is from the guy who gave us Borat and Bruno and the Dictator. Dictator, yeah. Um, and this movie actually seems to have hurt his directing career. Um, but uh, uh, Cage was a little upset. <laughs> Not super, no. But but uh, but uh, uh, rapey old Weinstein recut the movie without anybody else's input. <laughs> yes, so, he um, does. And it uh, it really really feels like it too, because like there's there's there for me there was the germ of a good idea in there, and there and there and there are some good scenes, and it's and and, yeah. and some of it I'm like I'm on board with this, and then there'll be a really awkward cut or really really or the scenes yeah. will go in a really weird order. And it's like, wait a minute, we're back in the states, and how did he? And yeah. what's this now? And 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 and. Uh, but for me, the most glaring thing, honestly, was the narration. Yeah, that feels like an afterthought. Yeah. And like, I like, think, yeah. Yeah, like exactly. It's it's super weird though, because like, um, like watching a movie like that and like seeing the editing of it, it's almost like they made an earnest movie that was going to be wacky <laughs> and weird. Kind of like, yeah. It, 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 it's not going to be an adaptation or anything like that, but like it would have kind of mm -hmm. that earnestness uh, with like a lived in kind of feel. But it yeah. feels like in the editing that they made it more of like uh, 90s, early 2000s, like comedy yes. with like hard cuts to be like, and now we're in Afghan or uh, uh, Pakistan. Yeah. You're, like, yeah. you're like, okay, well, I get what you did there, but mm -hmm. it just didn't really super duper work. And they're like, fuck you, we're not doing right. it the other way. Well, it's because it's, yeah. it's material that's very naturally funny. 
right? And 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 you mm-hmm. can tell like there's there there is there is a nice relaxed uh, sort of comic quality I think like that that you could imagine coming from Larry Charles. Uh, and and but then the, the, it's it's not just the narrate like generally I'm not anti narration like I think it could be a wonderful like storytelling thing it's like I, I prefer can Blade Runner. Runner with narration right I was yeah. just gonna say Blade Runner <laughs> I don't know about that Bravo what, what sir people, what people, oh, no, don't don't get on that same same train agreeing with everybody it's like oh yeah the director's cuts of Blade Runner but they're not no they're not better I'm sorry no. <laughs> from what I heard like here's I was like you're off to a bad I have I have Blade Runner tattoos down my arm so there, is you, there, you, you're, you're awesome. two for two look, for me look, buddy. Replicant. <laughs> Blade Runner. If you if you ask me, it's a spiritual successor to Alphaville by Godard, and go and and that was all about the narration. So I think I think that just makes sense, frankly. But this narration, okay, what I'm story. talking about is the fact that like the narrator is taking on this this really stupid uh, freaking um, omnipotent like, like faux sarcastic yeah. comic tone, right? Where it's like it's like I'm the fake narrator, and this is what he told me, and and. <laughs> I, think was, I think it was probably all just part of like the uh, Harvey Scissorhands attempt to yeah, like punch I, it, I, it, no, punch I, it I, up. I am, I am blaming. I'm blaming him. I'm blaming Harvey here. Yeah, because I I think like like because you notice like there are jokes in the movie and they're complete jokes. But then no. the narration decides that it's there to tell you that it's that, that that's like it's like in case you missed it, this is funny. He put a knife in his friend. Well, I think it might be like the case of like. Uh, like Starship Troopers, where everybody watches it and they absorb yeah. it on one level, and then as people are become more intelligent to the film, if they didn't get it on the first time, then they realize that it's satire. And I think that yeah. there's a large portion of this that is an earnest telling of a man, but also it has kind of like satiric elements where it's like, yeah. like obviously it's not like a, a Trump American, but like it's a Bush American. And you read it as you're like, He's a good person. He's got layers. Like we're not just dunking on like that kind of mentality and that kind of person, but also look at this ridiculousness. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually something I use with a lot of my friends. Is whenever you ever, whenever we talk about uh, satire, is I always bring up RoboCop. Like, no, that's an action movie. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> this was a satire. Did they, did you they not you see really the... gotta look at this. <laughs> I mean, if you guys ever want to talk about Showgirls, I could do like four hours on Showgirls because that movie <laughs> yes. is we a already... masterpiece that people just don't understand on any level. We were already you discussing know... Showgirls too, and the two different cuts of that. So. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. You, you guys are most faithful. I've only ever seen the TV out of the showgirls, honestly. Like, like I've 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 seen I've what? seen the shit out of Basic Instinct. I've seen the shit out of Total Recall, but I've only ever seen the TV out of the showgirls. Well, oh, with the I bikini, actually... the bikini cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, which, about, which, whichever is, yeah. they were showing on TBS, like like 15 yeah. years ago. Uh, if you if oh, you yeah. if you go and Google uh, showgirls on YouTube right now and look up the TV edit, <laughs> it's just like they're wearing like weird hard yeah. plastic that they terribly oh, CGI'd no. over their nudity because they couldn't take out that much nudity. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like people walking right. around in fake weird brown bras. That's what I they actually, did when um, they showed uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula on on TV, oh the Coppola one. They cut out they cut out mm. uh, freaking uh, Renfield entirely, and then for all the scenes with the mm. sexy vampires, they have like 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 uh, CG Wonder Bras floating, you know, awkwardly you know, over them. Things like that make me feel that kids today are spoiled because they didn't have to grow up what we did <laughs> with removing dirty words and putting things in like wazoo and. Yes! Just beautiful made up words. Instead, you just get like Mr. Falcon. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Briggs, you airhead. But I actually have a copy of Showgirls. 
that I got with uh, my first uh, Blu-ray player. And it was supposed to have been that I was supposed to have gotten... Um, Looking for oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> and like, well, we don't have Fifth Element, but we can give you Showgirls. I'm like, you can give me? Like, I will take this. Thank you. <laughs> an economic move. Then we'll just not talk about HD, DVD, and all that wonderfulness. <laughs> Which we did not buy into. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is Elizabeth Berkeley is an underrated comedic actress and they left her in France. Yeah, I <laughs> okay. would have rather watched that than this movie. However, not a, yeah, no, no, no. Wait, Linda, are, were you good, about to tell us more yes. uh, interesting cage trivia and we jumped on you and jumped and, 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 and shut that down? Absolutely. I want to I learn okay. more. Uh, with with Adrian, I am used to it. <laughs> this is my but you're life. really good at redirecting around me, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just that. didn't want to get lumped in with that guy who doesn't like Nicolas Cage, but uh, is hosting a podcast for it, and also apparently likes to throw secret shade at uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> One of it's okay. You're in good company. <laughs> um, but uh yeah okay so um yeah he from what i've heard he's a really really nice guy uh his friends uh he has a lot of friends and they all love him and except he has a lot of interviews like with david letterman where he keeps referring to uh pakistanis as packies <laughs> they try to they this is nicholas to- cage or the real faulkner the real, the real Faulkner. Okay. Yeah, Gary Faulkner. And they they try to correct him. And poor David Letterman's like, uh, I just want to make it clear. I want to go on record as saying I said Pakistani. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a Muslim friend who also says Pakis. Well, he was trying to say, well, well, that's well, that's what they let me call them because, you know, we're friends and stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, Gary. Um, They're very warm people. I wish David Letterman would be like, tell me about your black friends. <laughs> Just lay that bear trap and see where he goes with it. <laughs> but I think that plays, I, th- I think that dovetails back into like the point where it's like, the satire is there where they're like, well, he does have some unsavory parts of his personality, but they found yeah. a way to wrap it into satire to make it a, 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 an enjoyable and humorous movie, regardless if yeah. all company included here uh, necessarily appreciated it. <laughs> I think it's fairly miraculous that they were able to come back from the scene where he's introduced because he's all this, he's very, very shrill in that first scene. And he's not down with a G, bro. With, yeah. with the chicken wings. Well, there was a thing about that. Um, his friend Darren said that they like to go to an all-you-can-eat buffalo wings place uh, called, a, was it the New Plantation Restaurant in Evans? And I was thinking, like, okay, uh, places to move, just got an addition. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we should do with our Patreon contributions. We should have a, a, a road a trip. God, Are you saying <laughs> that B-dubs is not good enough for you? <laughs> I just want all you can eat buffalo wings, you guys. I don't I ask don't for much. I don't want to ruin this for you, uh, Linda, but have you ever thought about going to, and this is going to sound fucking crazy, Buffalo? Because <laughs> <laughs> contrary to popular, I know my grandma's place. It's one of those um, misconceptions. Everybody thinks it's made of uh, Buffalo's wings, but it's actually from Buffalo. 
New York. Yeah. Oh, you mean Buffalo don't have wings? I don't. I don't. I don't like to man. I don't like to mansplain. But when I do, I like to absolutely know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, I got a grandma in Chickawaga. We could go stay at her place and go over to Buffalo. But now oh. I'm just thinking of like Buffalo with like tiny, teeny little wings. <laughs> Well, I've got I've also got very great news for you and uh, there's a place called Buffalo Wild Wings and they have a mascot oh my God, I, yeah, and it's a gigantic buffalo yes. and it's got fucking tiny little wings on it for you just to marvel at it's true <laughs> they're too expensive man I want all you can eat <laughs> this you is a murder say that to Thai curry okay? <laughs> I don't know if we could go to the same place because I'm going to want uh, bottomless buffalo wings with a Y yeah. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. <laughs> what? That's just how I roll. You don't judge me. You want those wings? <laughs> yeah, I want the wings with a Y, yeah. God damn a Z. <laughs> anyway, so Russell Brand is God, right? Yeah, oh, it's boy. smart casting. And you may remember him from forgetting Sarah Marshall or getting to the Greek or that remake of Arthur that nobody liked. Yeah. Oh, my God, and that's they, right. They uh, did do that. They did yeah, do that. They, yeah, you've forgotten. So did I. Almost yeah. did a remake of Drop Dead Fred with him as Fred, which I kept I'm them talking about that. And my big reaction to that was like, people remember Drop Dead Fred? I do. I do. I love Rick Mayall, man. I mean, people in general. You be able to order a Domino's pizza and they would deliver it with like a DVD on the top of it. And yes. Drop Dead Fred was oh, one of those God. movies. So yeah. everybody in America has it yes. and has nostalgia. Right. No, there were, there were like four movies available in that. Right. And like Honeymoon in Vegas was one of them, I think. Fuck yeah. yeah. Because that, because that's the kind of oh, movie where God. to move it, you have to give it away with a pizza with something somebody wants. <laughs> Whatever, man. I was just ordering pizza, hoping I would get like it yeah. could happen to you or something. Oh. <laughs> oh. I will die on this Rosie Perez mountain. Uh, oh, no, I know. <laughs> we, we love Rosie. We I love Rosie. Love on on our episode, it was movie. pretty much Oof. praise for Rosie and then hate for everything else. Like, I, <laughs> I have to get on a podcast after this, which is exclusively about white men can't jump. They're on their 850th episode. <laughs> yes. Tell me you identify God. with my thirst. Fruits that begin with the letter Q with an entire two-hour set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, another 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 person in this movie who, is, who uh, some, some people uh, called uh, actors, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I call them the players, and a good cast is worth repeating. Because mentally, I never left the 1930s. Rock okay. my day, it was vaudeville. Seems <laughs> like this no might be taking a racist turn at any second. Minstrel shows. See, there's the racist turn. Um, but uh, the, the 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 actor, as we may now call him, was Will Sasso. Um. Yeah, you may remember from the Mad TV and the Three Stooges movie they tried to do. I will say, uh, Will Sasso is an incredible uh, impersonator. He does incredible yeah. impersonations of people and actually has the ability to be funny. I just feel terrible that he's always in such terrible things. Yes, or or, or, he, has, or he has like do nothing roles. Not exclusively always in in terrible things, but because uh, he was in a movie that I think is criminally underrated, and people are probably going to disagree with me. But in 1999, he was in a mockumentary called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, I have. Yes. Which I thought really captured that sort of Christopher Guest kind of vibe right there. I thought yeah. they really nailed it. Yeah. A, a lot of critics just took a shit on it, and it's like, you guys, did you really watch the movie? 
There's Dude, a part I was where just quoting it in the beginning. The I was saying, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend just popped into the office after reading the room and was just like, I'm, I just poured you this big whiskey. Hope it's okay. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I don't necessarily I would, know if my faculties will be tested today. I would like a little bit of a full glass of whiskey, no ice. <laughs> You're going to look really cool whenever you can go back to bars and say that. <laughs> if I could, yeah, yeah, no, back, back, back when I met Linda, that was my full glass of whiskey days. I don't know if I'm still I'm still at that level. Well, we were living through the days of wine and roses. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is why we like leaving Las Vegas so much. We lived it. Oh boy! Uh, whenever I did the uh, marathon the first time, I opened with Vampire's Kiss. And I gave everybody a uh, funny vampire tea and nice. gummy uh, oh, bug nice. to eat. Uh, <laughs> but I was just like, I was like, you guys are going to love this movie. And I talk object like obtusely about it. And then they found out what it was whenever it went up. So everybody's anticipation is for something fucking incredible. And then immediately <laughs> after Vampire's Kiss, I showed Leaving Las Vegas. And I go, you tell me why that first performance did not get an Academy Award, but the second one got right. an Academy Award. They are, they are literally fucking same sides of the same coin, yet one of them is forever praised and the other one is like eternally mocked. You magistrate. You just weave a tapestry of chaos and throw it out on the world. So Cage is rolling up on the bench in front of the sand saying, the torches of the dumb! <laughs> I'm trying to remember what we did afterwards. I think I like was just like, all right, and here's a Con Air or Face Off or something. Oh. And then I and then and then I showed Firebirds because Firebirds is fucking. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am the greatest. I am the greatest. Son, you've got panties on your head. <laughs> What's weird is like as, here, here, and here. As yeah. incredible as Nicolas Cage is in that movie, and as you just like hang on every moment because he is like the most like chauvinistic, cocksure, like beautiful man for ninety minutes. It's uh, it's really Tommy Lee Jones eating the fudgicle uh, yes. on this couch yeah. that is the best entire scene <laughs> yes. in that film. Oh, that. God. That's what I was here so for all day. Honey, can one. we talk? Can I eat my fudgicle? Yeah. <laughs> and, then he, and then he doesn't even eat it it's just literally like oscillating it back and forth in his mouth because Tommy Lee Jones probably didn't like fucking fudge the coals oh, <laughs> which oh, makes him wrong <laughs> he wanted a dreamsicle it was in his contract and they just told him no he's so mad I'll make you guys remember this scene <laughs> <laughs> we should just wait. be happy it wasn't a rocket pop <laughs> wait I want to know why you guys don't like this movie Wait, 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 Army of One? Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed I, it. I, no, I, I, I like, I like 49% like it. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, the, the thing is, is like, I see the movie and I see a lot I like in it. And I see the, the it is pregnant with potential. And then I see yes. where that potential got ruined. It's like the yes. TV cut of Brazil. It's like, man, there's a really good movie in here. Right. Yeah. So like, so no, like, okay. So, so let's, let's put it this way. Um, for, for, for cage movies in this era, it's pretty not bad. It's pretty good. Um, it, it's it's a shitload better than USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. Yeah. Um, and I haven't have watched that one watched yet. Arsenal. I, that's good for you. Oh, you haven't watched that? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's okay, one of those do movies not watch that it I, sober. I was do like, I'm so excited sober. about this. Putting it on the queue. And then it's like that movie that you go like, <laughs> not, not today, Satan. If you, if, you, <laughs> yeah. if you just find a way to be intoxicated for the whole two and a half hours, you do that, okay? Because like this... Yeah. 
This is a movie that people would be peeing themselves in hilarity if it was like 85 minutes, but it ain't 85. I could agree to that. <laughs> yeah, no, it it could it could have been it could have been a new like 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 shit house like cage like B classic had it been nice and short. It was really really not though. No. No. It should have been the length of the episode we made about it. Well, so yeah. you said you like 49% of it. Would you recommend it to somebody? If you, like, if you, you're like, yeah, oh, okay. I just did this podcast about Army of One. Like, oh, should I check that out? You're like, eh, 49%. Army of One, no, it, it's, it's, worth, it's worth checking out. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, if you're I sloppy I want to punch drunk, you in the face, Adrian. <laughs> you want to you punch me in the face? I, Oh my god! Well, you usually I, hate you him a little bit more than I <laughs> do, but you, we don't usually hate the same. Know. Always, you know. No, it's, it's usually we disagree. Go well, ahead. Okay, so it's 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 not like it, it's not like it's as good as Dog Eat Dog. Right, Doggy Dog is dope. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it also has Blum Defoe. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you, you have a whole you have a whole extra power source on that one. Uh, it's, yes. I'll say this though: it's better than fucking Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> But what were you saying? Anybody else here watched Arsenal? Uh, I have. Whenever it like, came out, like I got like a screener link for it, and I don't remember anything about it, nor have exactly. I bothered to watch it again. Exactly. <laughs> you blocked it out. It, no, no, it's 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 like I say, it's it's a mind eraser. It's like you could try to pay attention, but you'd only hurt yourself. It, it's like Dungeon Siege in the name of the king. You could see oh. the potential behind this movie, like what you were saying, Adrian. Like you could see where, like where it was going to be a a good movie. Uh, I'm not going to say great, but it, it could have been really entertaining. But you can also see how Weinstein fucked it up, and I think the yeah, only well, um, that's that's what holds it back for me. That's that's why it's it's not it's not full on like. Well, you the know. only one to go up against Weinstein and win, I think, was Studio Ghibli. Well, you you know uh, when when uh, when Copland was was getting done uh, th- through through Miramax back in the nineties, um, um, there's 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 a slow motion sequence at the end of that movie. The climax is in slow motion, and it was shot in slow motion because that's how slow motion is supposed to be done. You can't just do it afterwards or it looks like shit. Right. And uh, the Weinstein's got obsessed with 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 an alternative to the slow motion, even though they hadn't shot one, and trying to figure out whether they could speed it up. And the director, you can uh, speed it up. You shoot too many frames whenever you're no, shooting slow motion, yeah, so it's just right. cranking it faster. Yeah. Right. What, mm. what, well, I mean, there's a way to do that wrong too, where it looks funny. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it turns which, into a, you know, a soap opera real easy. Right. Yeah, a TV movie <laughs> or something. Uh, but um, so the director was freaked out, so he stole the hard drives out of the Avids and ran away. <laughs> that was mangled, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, wasn't that the guy who also did, um, uh, did Logan, uh, Ford versus Ferrari? No, no, no. Uh, earlier, earlier um, with, with the, the Robert De Niro movie um, with James Franco. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that called? Oh, City by the Sea. Yeah, there you go. Is uh-huh. that Mangle too? <laughs> I didn't know that was Mangle. Huh? I thought I think that was him. If I'm if I'm thinking of the right guy, I hope you're wrong, and somebody has to call you out later. Well, you know <laughs> I what? love being wrong on podcast. We we uh, well, you know, I, I hope don't like, not because I'm the like one who does social either, media. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we we've been glaringly wrong before, just because sometimes a name will sound like another name, you know, or a guy will just remind you of another guy. Hold on. Hold on. In Are real you doing, time, you, you doing, doing the real checks so people don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, like, I think I think this is a whole hearty recommend as a movie because, like, Nicolas Cage, like, 
you either get board cage cashing a check and that's wherever mm-hmm. you get movies like oh. Arsenal where you're like, I'm not going to think about this movie again. Yeah. I understand the concept of this movie. Okay. Okay. All right. Apologies. It wasn't it mangled at all. It was uh, Michael Catton Jones who did say, let us see who would have sucked. So, but, but, but I, but, but I think like it takes like a Larry Charles or, and even if like the, the cut ultimately changed, I think the the point is, is like when cage works with a director who kind of gets cage and cage yeah. gets them, he does like you don't wait 45 minutes to go oh he flipped out with a a, a liquor bottle in that scene and screamed yeah. at that guy like this yeah. movie is yeah. a fully realized completely inhabited character mm. like as ridiculous as the voice is yeah. it be, like it's jarring at first and then you really settle into it and i think that's mm. like to the testament of his ability as an actor to fully commit yeah. but going like yeah. way out of left field and i just like I, I don't know. I deeply respect and I enjoy it. And so like movies like army of one where even if it's not just like funny or like he does like a cage, like flip out. Like, I think there's so much to enjoy whenever Nicholas cage gets into a ca- character. Yes. Cause like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. like um, whenever I watched pay the ghost, I was like, pay the ghost ain't a great movie, but Nicholas no. cage gives a fucking performance in that movie. Yeah. And you well, watched all of pay the ghost. And you're like, man, that wasn't a really great movie, but man, Nicholas cage is pretty good in that movie. Yeah, so like, and we often the... say like he he did his job, um, and 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 the failure no. is usually not his unless unless we're calling it the failure of selecting scripts. Well, and though I I got like dinosaur bones to pay for, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 although I I like these movies, I I'd say like the there's also adaptation and eight millimeter where I feel like he's just giving it his all. He's just one hundred percent there, and I'm surprised that he didn't get Oscar nods for those too. Well, that's why I still, and I agree with you on that too, as well. That his his role in Vampire's Kiss, it, as corny as the movie could be, he really was very good in that. Oh yeah, and it's fucking <clears throat> insane. Yeah, it's like well, Snake Eyes. Does. Like you watch Snake Eyes, and you're just like, yeah. oh fuck, yeah. Nicolas Cage, you are that coked out Rick Santoro. Oh god, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but it's just, if, that's a movie. Um, if that's Vampire's a movie I could see happen. that has layers. But even like, yeah, same thing. That's yeah. like something like it's like face-off like you see john travolta uh yeah. playing as nicholas cage and you're like well that's crazy but then like they cut to nicholas cage being john travolta but you also yeah. see like the anguish and the anxiety of like yes. him going like there's this is completely yes. anachronistic to how i feel about myself and you're like whoa i didn't expect that out of a fucking uh shoot em up <laughs> yeah. action movie man it's it's a somebody should ask travolta what it feels like to have uh, actor literally run circles around him I'm glad you didn't say to have Nicolas Cage inside him. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I always describe it. I go, uh, people are like, what's Face Off? And I was like, oh, Face Off, that's where uh, John Travolta becomes Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage becomes a total fucking lunatic. Yes. <laughs> and it's amazing. It is. Sorry, I don't uh, mean to de- sidetrack again. I just really get no, all no. cage. I'm all caged that's, up right now. That's what we do. But that's yeah. why I, like, we just recently got done telling a couple of people as well. I enjoy doing this because I haven't seen these movies. Like I only knew offhand maybe four or five cage films before doing this. So this is okay. all a new experience for me. So you and, really grew up in like a, like a cult or something. Uh, I grew up raised by midget wolves. Thank you. They're called mini wolves or moofs. Okay. And it was a very nice people, childhood. Donnie. This is Northern California, right? They, these, they, they're like, yes. not on it's just like little hills, but toilet? it's adorable. Yes, it's a very little adorable village. Thank you. Your poo or your potty will not make it past the flusher there, sir. 
So, <laughs> yeah, Warwick Davis is like, no, you got to watch Willow. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's watch Willow, like, all the time. Who's Nick Cage? Like, don't ask that. Just watch this. Okay, cool. I'm with an Ewok. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> he was played skin deep, and it was beautiful. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, speaking of, if you really want to see something funny, uh, Peter Dinklage has his first role, I think, an actual cameo in uh, No Holds Barred. And he actually gets to play just this little guy in a cage above these people that just spits down at them and throws coins at their table. It's amazing. Boy, howdy. That sounds like a bar that I would go to, but also right? I didn't pay attention to that in the movie. And I've seen Nold Hole Bar a lot. You, I never noticed until I saw his face. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that Peter Dinklage? And I looked up online. Sure enough. Is that like, wow. Is his blind brother in No Holds Barred the same actor that was in Roadhouse? I honestly want to say who is also a blind guitarist. Right. (laughs) Or is this just something that I'm making up in my mind where people are like, hey, uh, so what's the movie about? They're like, oh, yeah, it's uh, this guy works at a bar and he beats people up. They're like, okay, is there a love interest? Would she show boobs? They're like, yes, definitely. They're like, does he have a friend that plays the guitar and is blind? And they're like, we're way ahead of you. It's his way or the highway. We're we're discussing Radical Jack. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally looking this up right now. (laughs) I am a half a glass of whiskey confident that I'm going to go into this roadhouse hole nice. and find oh, myself I'm, coming out of I'm, No Holds Barred I, I want to I take us down a new movie hole here though um, Oh, uh, hold on but, but, where, 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 What hole do you want us to in, Donnie? Uh, honestly, speaking of that reminds me of this experience I had watching this movie It felt like taking a Mexican Coca-Cola bottle, Not putting it guy, up your way. ass, and using your butthole to actually remove the cap multiple times. You think I don't I, know what that's like, but I do. I didn't say you didn't, my sir. You guys have gotten way just, more bored in quarantine than I have. Yeah. <laughs> you you don't want to see my browsing history. <laughs> we call it adventures. <laughs> yeah. So, Donnie, elaborate on your pain. That's just it. I, I can't. I mean, I I feel like I had a cage breakdown at this point because we've done like, what, 67, 68 of his films now. And no, it's 78 or 79. Oh, my God. The number of why. But 80, it's actually. Yeah, it's just I, I have I have a relationship with him that feels borderline like you. You try to find the good in this person but they hurt you when they don't want them to well, he uh, has sorry. some very good performances for, I mean, forgive I my ignorance are you guys doing this chronologically yes we, yes. we, we started Absolutely. it in okay. 1981 I, I can totally out. see where your head is at right now and it's in a dark yeah. place we, we yeah. got yeah. Your, I'm surprised you didn't like times. it more because you've just got a hand above oh. water looking for somebody to grab onto it and I felt like that <laughs> army of one was going to at least like I'm not going to pull you on the boat but no. I'm going to get you back above the water bud no, it shoved a hose down my throat and just turned the water on. I woke he up was today not as like bad as Men of Courage. It was <laughs> worse. I loved Men of Courage because at least that had digital sharks that were hilarious. Oh, Jesus. But it was like a piece of art. <laughs> it was the Andy Warhol sleep of digital sharks. They I just didn't stop. It was like I did not understand this movie, sharks. Adrian. I did not understand I, I, this look, movie. I can, I can appreciate this. The reason you don't understand this movie is because this is a Franken movie. Oh, this is like I, they saved Hitler's brain. I, I am driving over to punch there. you in the kneecaps. You can do that. <laughs> but I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to review the Larry Charles movie. 
that that's in there. I, and we and we're not yeah, we're not we're, we didn't really watch the Larry Charles movie, but we watched pieces no, of it. But there's stuff in there where there was a brain in there because there's there's the part where the CIA guys are discussing the living uh-huh. daylights, right? Uh-huh. Which is completely historically relevant to the situation because in the Living Daylights, oh. like Rambo Three, the Mujahideen, the Afghans who fought off the Soviets, they played polo heroes. all the time, right? And, and did polo, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the Mujahideen, were, uh, Bin Laden was a member of the Mujahideen, which were funded by Bin Laden and the United States, mm-hmm. and the Mujahideen became the Taliban. Uh-huh. So it's like it's like it's like you get a reference to a cool James Bond movie, one of my favorites, and 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 you get this 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 piece of history, and you get the bit where the really tall no. CIA guy wants to go undercover in Pakistan. Your little Ray rant Nelson. just now put me in my sister's shoes when I told her and my cousin that they really should see Deep Blue Sea because <laughs> the references in that movie to Alien that are laid out throughout the entire thing were just so cool to me because I love the Alien film like nothing else on this earth. But then all of you hated me for making you watch that movie to a point I felt – I felt ashamed when I bought it for $4 at freaking Walmart. And then I found out if I returned that copy to Warehouse Music to get money, they were only going to give me a quarter. So they said I had to keep it. That was my experience. I think what I think I think you gave it a little too respectable a lead in. I mean, the I love Alien the heart so wants, much, man. Well, you that's, just, that's true. Yeah. But, you just the, went on a rant, Adrian, about the story in this and the director and <laughs> Russia and the Taliban. And that has nothing to do with this. And I just I I literally I could not do this. I had to stop this movie several times because it's like when they got finally to Afghanistan, I'm like, all right, we're going somewhere. I'm going to go to the restroom. I'm going to pause it. And then when I saw we still had 58 minutes left to go, I was like, what? The hell? Well, well the editing doesn't make any damn sense. Like he hang glides no. off of, off of the cliff in Israel, and then he's not just a, back, and it's like, how do you get back no. there so fast? Apparently, in that. real life, he actually tried hang gliding twice, and um, but... he, he's he never tried hang gliding before, oh, and right. so uh, it was accurate. He did break uh, a couple of his ribs and a couple other bones, but the second time he tried going closer to the water. And apparently ended up just getting scraped against the rocks. That would have been fun to see. That's why but you wear I the just... squirrel suit so you can well, fly. There's, no, there's some cool <laughs> scenes that are missing. I would have liked to see him crash too, honestly, because there's too much yeah. fun. Up. Linda, Linda, tell us about no, the scene where he buys no, the No, I'm hangler. still going on this, dude, because no, you're, <laughs> not, you're not railroading me. You can just shut the hell yes. up. Because you have <laughs> interrupted so much. I want to hit you with a hammer in each toe ransom style. Okay, and Come on, really <laughs> I, I love you. Give I me really back my time. your pain because I will have a lot I want to talk about too. I just, oh my God, I don't know. It just felt like they were really over the top with a satire on this because, and I don't, I really don't want to get into politics of that, but every time they do something like this, it's like you have to tie together that this person is not only the most patriotic idiot, he's also the most religiously led idiot because you have to tie patriotism and religion together because why not? That's what's going to sell this. But it doesn't. It just felt like this was so trying harder than it should have, and it could have been because of the edits they did do it. Uh, Cage's accent, you have a, you have a point, I had no God problem with that. Yeah, it's like the the Cage's accent I had no problem with because I've heard him do it in the movies before, but it's kind of like that's kind of a weird choice. 
And just when I finished the film, I let a couple of my friends watch the trailer. And I'm like, let me know what you think about this. Three out of eight of them said they couldn't finish it as soon as they got past 20 seconds because they asked me, he's like, does he say, does he stay in this character's voice the whole movie? And I'm like, yes. And like, why are you watching this? I'm like, because it's a podcast. Like, are you paid? It's like, no. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> you guys are talking about getting all you can eat wings with your Patreon. Like, yeah. fuck you, man. You're getting paid, bro. Patreon is our wing money. So People yes, listen <laughs> and go like, oh, if only I had it so good. Like, I, I, I was quarantining with my girlfriend the other day, and we got a, uh, a like a children's pool in the backyard that we could both basically nice. sit in to not be Texas hot oh, all yeah. the time. And oh. I literally looked over at her while we drank a, a cocktail in this sad pool in my uh, backyard, and I said, I wonder what poor people are doing. <laughs> <laughs> As you do in 90 degree temperature heat with 30% oh, humidity. <laughs> 90 sounds pleasant, our, friend. Our, our We're 104 outside. Yeah, it's like 120 around there. You know, but like, <laughs> Wendy and I adjust our monocles and we say, I wonder what the simple folk do. <laughs> oh. I, just, I don't know. I kind of feel like this movie kind of falls in the territory of dark. Where it's like if there was yeah, another version of this you got to see, like a director's version, maybe I would have liked it more. But I just – I did it because it was so frustrating because it seemed like somebody took – like Aqua Teen, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. People either really enjoy it or they just feel like it's a bunch of jumbled moments that just really don't make much sense because there's no continuity. And this just felt like so many jumbled moments where you're waiting for the payoff, but it's kind of like they skip part of the joke and they go to a payoff, then to another, then another, then another. And it just feels like it kept going and going and going without any explanation or setup to what's happening next, except for occasionally saying God told him, hey, you got off track, buddy. You got to get back on here. It's like, OK, thanks for letting me know. Well, Mr. Editor. No, but, I mean, but I feel I, like I think, I think maybe you approach the movie. Sorry, I didn't mean to step over you. No, 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 I let him go. No, 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 it's fine. I don't really care. It's not that valid of a point, but I feel like it's kind of. Uh, no, I lost the point now. God damn it! Well, no, no. <laughs> we know, we know that, that, that you're recommending your pro. We know that, um, um, but I know there's more to it than that. This, this, none of this is none of this is clear oh. cut. No, I remember what I was going to go with. It was, it was. I think yeah. it was just the fact that, like, and I'm not faulting you as a viewer, and I'm not uh, championing the film as a result of it. But I think, like, sometimes, like, if you go to a movie. Like, so, like, a movie like Dog Eat Dog, you, like, you generally mm -hmm. don't necessarily go into, and, like, a group of criminals, something wrong happens, and they're individual stories, and you get to see them all, and they're great. Yeah. Uh, or you watch, like, a movie about adaptation, and it's, like, about, like, uh, like writer's block, and, and basically that's it. Like, it's a very kind of derivative, meandering film, but you kind of go into that going, like, oh, I want to experience that character, and I kind of understand uh, what that kind of movie is. And I think because it was a Larry Charles movie, like, there was the notion of, like, like it, it is kind of like a Borat or something like that, where it's like we're following this character around and it's not like, you know, for shock humor, but like it is less about the narrative and more about the drive. And I think yeah. a lot of people got sold on the film for the function of the narrative to it because they wanted to see where that went. But ultimately, like if you told me personally that you were going to go to Pakistan to kill Osama bin Laden with a samurai sword, I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to necessarily know the arc of your story because I know what it is. Uh, but I do want you to tell me the story because it's going to be a fucking crazy story. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, exactly. I I, I, I didn't know much about it until I just read the back of the the, uh, movie. (laughs) And I was like, yep, I'm getting this. But I think I think I think I think the log line for the movie sells it as a narrative more than it sells it out as a a character examination. Well, I I think I think the thing is, is that the editing didn't just ruin the narrative. Like, like we're we're mentioning like the things the real guy did, and we're mentioning scenes where 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 where, where like he hang glides, and then we cut to the states. It's like, com- com- comedy is timing, you know, and and humor and humor humor is the big part of the engine that is this movie, and and you ruin it, you ruin editing, you ruin timing, and 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 it also it also halfway ruins Cage's performance, even though I still appreciate his performance. Because they introduce him waking up at the construction site, the narrator takes over, and then we have this awkward as heck cut to to uh, to uh, freaking um, to, to to him getting getting the uh, dialysis, and and uh, not not only does does it not go with what with what we just had, uh, the performance doesn't go with with the way it was in the previous scene. So like any 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 plot, any, well, yeah, any, like you any do stratagem this. he had to that, it, it's not allowed to build because of what they did. You get a like a, a crazy sense whenever he gets to that cave and he's on a dialysis dialysis machine uh, opposite Osama bin Laden. You're like. Oh, oh man, this th- this was about to be probably a very profound scene, but mm-hmm. it's not because you guys didn't bait the hook enough, and obviously that's a function of like the the murder of the edit. But the later stuff, <laughs> I appreciate the attempts. Um, well, I, again, I think I think it was there. I think it was just taken away from them. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was, it was taken away. Um, like the the idea of of him waking up on dialysis uh, opposite Bin Laden, who's also on dialysis, and then having a sword fight. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> but also, like, imagine like the conversation that was probably written on the page that they filmed whenever they were there. You're like, oh man, he's probably going to have to like somehow come to grips uh, with some sort of like kinship mm-hmm. with this person because they're both on a quest and they both have this ailment and like, it's just like they created this character with very specific strokes. Yeah, uh, and it would have been nice to see those things connect a bit more. Even well, that's though, that's like, why Donnie's uh, "Dying of the Light" uh, comparison was very apt. Yeah, uh, because also because like it's, Mur- it's essentially the same thing, right? <laughs> with 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 murder completely destroyed through editing. <laughs> and sorry, Donnie. Uh, Donnie's internet died, but he's it, trying to make it back to us. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I. I'd say, like, also in in real life, apparently he was hoping that when he found Osama, he could share his dialysis machine. <laughs> but when he got back to America, should have put his, that in. Um, I know, right? Um, but when he got back, his um, catheter for the the dialysis was so badly infected that he oh, uh, he was running like a, a huge temperature, a really high temperature, I should say, and um, was hospitalized for a while. Cause yeah, it was pretty fucking bad, but uh, I feel like we should move on. Well, for, first uh, off, Linda, you want to you want to briefly talk about the scene where he buys the hang glider? I'll let you. <laughs> so so uh, uh, Cage's character there goes into uh, in, into the sporting goods store to purchase the hang glider and, and and explains how he wants to saw it up and put it in his luggage, which I think the guy did not recommend. And he says, "I need to hang glide into into Pakistan to capture Osama bin Laden, so I'm going to have a boombox on the hang glider, and I want you to know what music you'd recommend that I play hang gliding in to do that." Jock jams. <laughs> Everybody knows it's jock jams. <laughs> Well, no, my, my, I, I, I actually compiled a list. I'm going to give it here briefly. Um, it, where I, I do this. St- if it doesn't start with Flight of the Valkyries, it's not good. 
No, because I'm not derivative like some people. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Sammy Hagar's over the top. Okay. The bird's eight miles high. Uh, Kansas, carry on my wayward son, of course. And maybe Prism Spaceship Superstar. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Linda, 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 what's your segment called? I want his clothes off. Clothes off. <laughs> no nudity. Just the glam set of trim st- uh, tramp stamp, if I can uh, say it. Living on a prayer. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Kate hooks up with a girlfriend he used to jerk off to. <laughs> that she's had that tattoo since Reno nine one one. Oh, and what a what a glorious tattoo to have. <laughs> I'm, I have it as well in solidarity. <laughs> we we need bon to come back so he can give us his reviews. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> come on, Donnie. <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah, let's Is see. that a cat banging on a keyboard, or is Donnie like? You oh, would think so. It's like uh, Tunes the driving cat oh, on a do keyboard. You, do you have like an Edward Scissorhands glove with hot dogs on the end? <laughs> you like, guys are you hearing me through the onboard microphone on the laptop, so <laughs> all the hammers. laptop sounds are louder. I'm, I'm on well, my 17-inch MSI laptop here. Oh, look at you, 17. I go big or go home, and I'm also home. <laughs> it's not the size, it's how you use it. <laughs> well, Donnie's waiting for his uh, internet to return. Okay. Well, while so, we're waiting. Oh, um, yay, so Donnie's that's back. how I saw World Hunger. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you, you saved us all. <laughs> so, uh, Donnie, Donnie, you got any reviews? I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> Are you waiting for us to clap to give you life? Oh, no. Oh, it's trying to kill him. Oh, no. Do you guys know Don- what movie Donnie was going to review, and then we can just make up a review, even if we haven't seen the film? <laughs> well, Donnie finds reviews of the movie. Oh, I see. <laughs> He gets us the user um, reviews so we know what the man on the street thought of the movie. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I can uh, help you out. Don't, can't you just do, like, a keyword search and we'll just read out what the keywords are to this film? Because that's one of my favorite things. Because there's... Okay. Here, here, here you go. Uh, it's not a review. Uh, but I can tell you these things definitively are 14 items that are 100% in the film that IMDb felt were relevant for if you oh, were no. to type in just these words. They Uh-oh. show... Uh, they, they will bring up this film. So if you typed in God character, 21st century, construction worker, Badlands, Pakistan, Osama bin Laden, talking with God, vigilante, diabetes, hallucinations, katana, hang glider, number in the title, and based on a true story, you would 100% find yourself located to the sole film on IMDb, which is so, Army of One. You're saying anybody who went looking for story. a Lifetime or Hallmark movie wound up finding this movie instead. I mean, if a Hallmark movie had this, I would cancel all of my streaming options and just have the Hallmark channel <laughs> blasting into my face all the time. Because Hang Glider, oh. based on a true story, Katana, Diabetes, yeah. and Talking with God are just touchstones in my life. Yeah, those are in all those romantic Christmas movies they make. Yeah. I really like whenever I look at these and I look at like something like Die Hard with a Vengeance, it's like black white person relationship. And you're like, what? That is a keyword? It's just oh, like I- black mama, white mama. 
<laughs> and Amos and Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we can pull up all these movies based off of just that. It's better than the keywords for our website. We have stuff like mom kiss porn. <laughs> no, that's why I found it, guys. Yeah, my internet just keeps dipping for some reason, and it's affecting even my phone line, actually. So it's kind of... Oh, yeah, I'm I'm going to hope it's going to be okay, but if not, I was just saying that I, before I got in reviews, I wanted to hear what our guest was trying to say when they were telling me that they thought I may have entered in with the wrong mindset or something with viewing the film. Oh, no, it was just... That it was may just, have helped it, it. It, it. It wasn't necessarily something about you in particular. Oh, no, no, I didn't It, it, I wasn't it, was, it was just kind way, of yeah. about, like, the notion of the movie where yeah. if you were to tell somebody about, <coughs> excuse me, Army of One, yeah, yeah. you walk away and think about it as a narrative film going like, what's yeah. the story of him going to Afghanistan and doing that? But the movie is actually more of a character piece in kind of like the Larry yeah. Charles style of it, where he's like, I want to explore this character by exploring how he reacts in situations while simultaneously right. getting that basic just kind of uh, story of him going to Afghanistan. But I think like mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of come at the movie wanting to know the narrative whenever the narrative is actually so much more derivative because you want to know about the character. And I think the movie goes for the character, but I think in rechopping, they tried to make a narrative a comedy yeah. out of it as opposed to kind of exploring the this person yeah, you just have two different films kind of butting heads together yeah at the end. exactly because yeah it's well yeah i was trying to think of a better way to phrase how it was i was trying to remember what you're saying because yeah i didn't take it that you're saying like you just need to think about this yeah. another way <laughs> enjoy it it's like no because yeah i god there actually was somebody that said that about uh i don't even remember what movie it was but it was if you pretend it's something you like then see how you feel about it after it's yeah no you don't get it donnie watson so, translation's really good yeah but i'll Let's i'll go ahead and here. uh i'll go into the <laughs> reviews really quick because thankfully they're pretty short um yeah oh boy so we had I could not watch this movie for more than a few minutes without turning it off. I physically could not make myself watch anymore. I, that was pretty to the point. Yeah. Uh, second up here we have, after watching the preview twice, I thought this was going to be a funny movie. Well, I was wrong. It was terrible. I couldn't even finish watching it. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. But... <laughs> My absolute favorite, because this is another wonderful manifesto, like another Nick Cage review we had, somebody <laughs> called out their best friend on this. And <laughs> yes, they, I love it when this happens. It says, reviewed in the United States on December 14th, 2016, Michelle, stop buying Nicolas Cage movies. It's disturbing. So, <laughs> it's a toast disturbing. to you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle! It's weird. It's just like you read these things and you can find them on the internet and people yeah. will thunder dunk. But you're like, well, you know what? Maybe Army of One wasn't for a 14 year old, a 48 year old uh, mother of four uh, in like rural Pennsylvania. Just being like, you know what? Let's watch that Nicolas Cage movie. He hates Osama bin Laden and so do I. <laughs> I'm wrong. I mean, it's yeah. so funny you say that because when we were doing, uh, was it Drive Angry where he makes a deal with the devil and comes back? Yeah. Um, all the reviews I found, all the hate-filled reviews were all, like, written from people that you can just very well picture go to church every Sunday. Because every review, just, just there's just so much cursing, there's so much nudity. This is a sex film. It's not an made action the film. Mad. 
And they all said the best thing about the film was the cars. That's it. <laughs> like every, everything else didn't matter the in the best film thing whatsoever. About, about that movie was, was the fact that there was Trooper on the soundtrack and April Wine. <laughs> yes. But no, I, I actually like that somebody called out another person in this because I can't remember offhand mm-hmm. what the other Cage film was, but in another of our episodes. <laughs> that was Joe. That was on Joe. Yeah, that was on Joe, yeah. Somebody yeah. actually in called out their friend. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I love it because a guy called his best friend out. He's like, so and so made me watch this movie. <laughs> he gave his full name <laughs> and the city he lives in. So you could just find the yeah. guy. <laughs> I always dox my friends who force me to watch movies I don't like. <laughs> you are awesome, sir. Have better taste or feel the best <laughs> the internet. <laughs> That's why we love Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, y'all ready to uh, get on to Adrian's segment here? Everybody ready? Oh, it's time for sequel, return, more, harder. You can tell. You can tell. You guys practice. It's nice. Yeah, they they really did. I uh, okay. Really I, do, didn't. I, I do have one prepared. This is Army of One. Hell hath no fury. Uh, th- this is this was be, to be directed by Alex Garland with a screenplay by Corey Goodman. Lizzie is back, and now she's Amelia Clark, woman oh, wow. of few words and many guns. When Gary Faulkner perishes perishes in a terrorist attack, this special fighter must take her fighting skills to the enemy. Deep in the heart of modern-day Iraq, she's as cold as a Dairy Queen Sunday, laying out octane as hot as Dairy Queen onion rings. Jesus. Get this shit while it's fresh! Olivia Cook and Michael B. Jordan also star. Oh, my. And this is significantly more thought through than I thought was going to be involved. I thought this was going to be a fun riff uh, based off of what, what I thought it would be. And I was like, oh, you know what? We'll just do it off the cuff. And I was like, this motherfucker's got taglines? You know, we come, come up with some great, <laughs> we've come up with some great Happy Madison films, let me tell you. <laughs> I was happy with the last one that I had for uh, USS uh, Indianapolis, <laughs> where we got King Shark and uh, Jaws all oh, rolled into geez. one. <laughs> well, what's your sequel? I mean, like, I yeah, I was just thinking about like if I were to remake this film, uh, who would I have direct and starred? And then whenever I saw that you guys were doing the sequels, and I was like, oh, well, I got to think of the sequel. I was like, well, yeah, we'll go, go, go after the nukes in North Korea because that's a hard place to get into. And then I was like, yeah. who who could film this with a nice eye that I would enjoy? And I was like, oh, put Spike Jones on that because it'll be funny, but oh, also shit. super yeah. fucking awesome. Choice. And I was like, who would I have star? Who has that cage? That 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 caginess but it would obviously not be cage and i was like uh and i was equally torn between sam rockwell and robin williams oh wow fuck yes <laughs> oh man sam rockwell all day and all night yeah can you picture yeah, sam rockwell just tap dancing around in north korea going where are your nukes, where are your nukes? <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking we actually had a bonus West on him <laughs> yeah <laughs> we love him we love him a lot yeah oh yeah Especially for Ninja Turtles. Yeah, come on. The guy showed up with menthols and regulars. He's just a goddamn gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I had a scholar. <laughs> Donnie? Uh, honestly, I didn't want to change the cast. I just want to change the director to make sense of this. Where we're going with Robert Rodriguez. And we're doing oh a El Mariachi oh style Desperado. Oh, it's where like we're just took something you didn't like and then took a shit on it and offered it to somebody else to try. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. We're doing a straight up remake of the exact same movie, except it's just going to be called Madness. And he's going to be playing with the same voice that he did in this film, but it's going to be more akin to Taxi Driver and Joker, where the woman that he's in love with does not exist and his friends (laughs) do not exist. And all this is just kind of playing out in his head all the way up until the end when he actually does kill Osama bin Laden. And then he just wakes up in an asylum and you see that he's telling this entire story to Morgan Freeman. And because we have to have Morgan Freeman. I feel that like was this should be directed by Uwe Boll and starring like Dominic <laughs> Purcell. Like, this is a Dominic Purcell movie that I'm going to not watch. Oh, I feel so oh, bad for Uwe Dominic Boll. Purcell. Everybody feels bad for Dominic Purcell. It's why you make jokes about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my uh, sequel is pretty, uh, pretty just off the cuff. I didn't come up with all the details. All, all I have is the story where I want to see a uh, buddy movie between him and Osama bin Laden, where they go off on adventures <laughs> and maybe make it a little like Quantum Leap, where like putting right what once went wrong. I feel like you're describing uh, a Zack Snyder movie that has superheroes yeah. in it, and they're literally going to show up, and he's like, you want dialysis? I'm on dialysis, too. He's like, say that name again. Yes. Do I get to see Osama bin Laden's giant blue dong? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is important to me. You get to see Nicolas Cage stare at his kidney and go, do you pee? <laughs> like, yeah, Bill. <laughs> Gotta watch out with those facts, Linda. I feel like you're telling us truth and people are now going to think that Osama bin Laden had a blue dong. <laughs> Someone's gonna Google Osama bin lost in time. Like tears. This is a legendary penis. The this is almost this is almost as great as coming up with Creamy Cage, which we <laughs> will have to pitch to Nick Cage eventually. Oh, but I'm glad you said that because this is the movie where uh, in uh, I believe it was in China they had for a special uh, deal they had in some of their theaters they had a. a, a uh, Nicholas Cage treat, and I believe it's like mostly uh, rice crispy or like crisp rice, rice whatever popcorn. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something something like that. Unfortunately, it was not a creamy cage, but it was an army of one treat that Nicholas Cage didn't even know existed. Huh? So yeah. Whenever whenever we did the marathons at the theater every single year, I would come up with uh, with our the chef at the Alamo. Uh, we would come up with new cocktails um, and new food items that were all just terrible puns that I made up. And then they had, and then I was just like, pick whichever ones you think you can make. Um, <laughs> Sounds but, like uh, on, the, on the fourth year, there's a, a brewery here in town that makes uh, sours. Uh, and it was called uh, Not the Bees. And it was a, <laughs> uh, a lemon sour hefeweizen that had been made with local Austin honey. Yes, uh, and this brewery literally sent me an email and they're like, "Hey, can we make a uh, a, a keg of uh, test beer for the show?" And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be great." Uh, <laughs> they didn't know Nicolas Cage was coming at the time because I didn't tell anybody until like he oh. walked in the door. Uh, but I got Nicolas Cage to drink some. Oh my god! Awesome. But fun Holy fact: Nicholas Cage spent twelve hours, and the only thing that he ate with his girlfriend was uh, tubs of popcorn and Red Bulls. Oh my god! <laughs> how how do you do that? He didn't need a meal. I was uh, I was wow. impressed. Yeah, did he bring back the like honey? Three burgers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Donnie, do you have a face-off? Or was you that know, your face-off? 
I no, I do have one. I didn't actually want to do one because again, I was really <laughs> upset after this movie. And I'm like, I, like, who gives a shit? I was because <laughs> I had a breakdown, a cage down even. But I was like, I have to watch something. So I put on Rambo First Blood 2. <gasps> and then I'm like, you know what? This is my cast. Stallone is Gary. God is Richard Crenna. Oh. Marcy Mitchell is Julia Nixon. It's so Pickles is Charles that. Napier, and Roy is Martin Cove. <laughs> it just it worked for me. It made me feel Walter, so much better. You got to understand. I don't give the orders. I take them just like you. <laughs> like, we need you to go over to Afghanistan. I was like, do we get to win this time? I was like, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so happy. Will, Sa- Will Sasso's hurt, but yeah, I'm glad you're happy. Uh, <laughs> the point is me. Me right here. This is my turn. I'm sorry. Right. That movie and Rocky Three are infinitely quotable for me. Oh, no. <laughs> I, the Rocky movies are touchdowns for everyone's life. Oh, absolutely. So, so uh, Eye of the Tiger was the number one song in America the week I was born. Fun fact. Nice. That okay. song ushered me into being. <laughs> so, sir, your face off. My face off. Actually, uh, oddly enough, I went. I went. Uh, for some reason, I, I'm always screwing up and, and going the respectable route. So, uh, I envision a movie that, even though this is based on true events in the 21st century, would have been made in the early 80s, and uh, would have been directed by John Houston. Um, for Faulkner, I wanted Brad Dorif. Uh, for McGirlfriend, I wanted Bernadette Peters. Ooh. And for Osama bin Laden, Tim Curry. Oh, yes. my. <laughs> Can he <That's> sing? <laughs> <laughs> Is this Yeah, I, I don't know why, but all of a sudden, whenever you started saying yours, and this is a very odd mind connection, so I won't take you on it, but I was just like, man, you know who would be really good as uh, Gary? James Spader. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, uh, th- this 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 would have been more explicit though, because James Spader never doesn't get laid. He always. Oh yeah, gets, no, we call gets. that spadering uh, around this house. Right? Yeah, yeah. The girl gets spadered. Right? It's, it's like, like hey, the Robert Redford effect. Do, it's like do you guys do cool. hand stuff. You're like, nah, bro, full spader. <laughs> My old uh, roommate and I, we used to whenever we saw him, we'd say spader. Yeah. All the time. Oh, we love Spader. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, but you also yes. had your uh, college Kevin Bacon's son, and you called him the son oh, of Baconator. Yeah. Oh, why wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was a Baconator junior. <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend was always very attracted to uh, young James Spader, but she had yet to see Tough Turf and went to go visit her best friend for her birthday. She's like, hey, what, what should we watch? Then I was like, just put on Tough Turf. She's like, I don't know. We're not really feeling it. And I was like, just fucking put it on. <laughs> if, if, if you're not into it 15 minutes, you won't be. And then like, she's like, oh, my God, I want to fuck everybody in this movie. I was like, right? and don't worry. That movie is nine movies in one. And whenever you think <laughs> it can't be more a movie, car, all man. of a sudden, it's a music video with James Bader playing the piano by himself, shirtless. <laughs> As he does. Sorry. Man, I, just did a, I don't know why my brain works that way. I'm it's so happy you mentioned Tough Turf. It proves that I'm not crazy. The movie really happened. Oh, it's fucking amazing. I love Tough Turf. Who doesn't? Do you have anybody else in mind for recasting it? Me? Yeah. I mean, like I like I said, I was just thinking about stars, and I was just like, Robin Williams or uh, The Rockwell would be amazing. But then I was like, oh, fuck. God, get yeah. that James Spader. But uh, uh, I, I, I think I would go full sequel route. I wouldn't remake. 
uh, yeah. and I would have him go. And so I'd probably do away with love interest stuff because I would, I would get into that gritty yes. action narrative, but with a buffoon in it and like a, a lethal or not lethal weapon, um, uh, police squad type shit where it's just like, <laughs> it's like earnest, but also stupid as shit. Yeah. It's like, it's like Jean-Claude Van Johnson. If you guys ever watched that Amazon, like that one season they did, it. it was just like, you guys are fucking skating a line that I am impressed by. <laughs> I was so sad that they didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was so sad they didn't come back with a second season for that. I know. Yeah, man, I just saw Tom Cop last night. You're the bad guy from Tom yes. Cop. Ron, <laughs> Ron Silver, nice to meet you. <laughs> so that's a deep dive, a deep vision of Jack, but I'm glad that you guys were with it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I call him um, Bruce. For my face-off, I have uh, playing Gary. I've got an uh, one that I always go with, but it's been a while. I've got the Goots, Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a little afraid that it might get too sexy. But like the boyfriend <laughs> school. Yes. But as Marcy, I have Niecy Nash because you know um, I didn't stray too far from Reno Nine One One. And then uh, for God, of course, my first thought was Morgan Freeman. But then I thought, come on, you, you could do better than that, Linda. Dig deeper. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I did. And I can't I, I honestly can't decide between Richard E. Grant and Stephen Fry. Mm. But Mike, my mind's somewhere in there. I feel like Michael Sheen could probably also crush it down. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That guy's the tops. Or just get Robert Downey like- Jr., do a tough turf reunion, and just fucking crush it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I am I am so there. Yeah. Get Marianne Faithful back for the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, since I've got the goots, I may as well put uh, Ted Danson in there. I mean, fuck. My girlfriend, whenever I did tell her about uh, this uh, recasting, she goes, Ted Danson. And I was like, nobody thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> he was little dancing. So <laughs> Anyways, if you guys want to guest on my podcast, uh, it's called Dancing in the Streets. It's all about Ted Dancing. <laughs> yes. uh, oh, uh, it's an oh. inspiration. I am so there. Mostly, it's, we just talk to people who once met Ted Dancing in the street. You know, that's almost like our other podcast me and Linda have going of the Christopher Walken and Christopher Falk. It's Falcon Walken, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful baby that we're very proud of. Because uh, there was a website uh, years ago, uh, but it was called like Walking on Sunshine, where people just wrote very innocuous stories. They're like, "Man, I was looking for a parking spot," and Christopher Walken came out. And he's like, "Ah, you need a spot," and like he just like moves his car for them. And he's like, "What a nice guy!" And it's just like nothing but that. All that's the website. He'll do you a solid. Oh, one I think shot. You're <laughs> Oh, but PFL. then we were also talking about having a John Saxon podcast called oh, uh, "Good Sax" or "Hot Sax." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sax talk. Oh. Oh. But, uh, were you guys any... able to glean any sort of cagey wisdom? Oh, um, we are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if you're going to Pakistan, you bring your own molasses. Everybody knows this. Yeah. <laughs> And also make sure to uh, not say the word molasses because people get pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's actually the one thing I can relate to with Cage in this film is that I, when I was in Virginia, I bought a uh, wooden practice sword, and it was because my (laughs) 
girlfriend at the time was like, I need something like at the house to protect myself. That's not a gun. Like how about a wooden sword? And we tried packing it in our suitcase. And then when we got home, it's like, where the hell is it? And it's like, Oh, we had to package it separately. It's like, why? It's like, because it's a simulated weapon of mass destruction. Of mass like, destruction. Oh, mass destruction. Yes. This is exactly what they told me. And I have somewhere, I used to have it framed. There was a letter that said this, that I had brought over to Washington State, a simulated weapon of mass destruction. When did I get a load of your sky laser? I (laughs) know. (laughs) It's my kitty laser. (laughs) No, it's really just a tanning booth. (laughs) Um, As far as wisdom goes, there's... There's things you could see. I mean, there are some mm. things to see in this. Um, the guy always bring back gifts when you suddenly leave the woman you're in love with, because then they will forgive you. Oh my That's... God! Charles Napier is in this Star Trek episode as a hippie. Are you okay. watching the Return to Eden? <laughs> yeah, the Way to Eden. Yeah, season three, yeah, episode to... twenty. Jesus Christ! This is so <sighs> meta and weird. It's an amazing episode. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Sorry, my rental expired on the movie, so I'm not watching the movie in the I guess uh, my wisdom would be uh, don't go chasing waterfalls. And um, <laughs> also, I don't think they have Denny's in, uh, in Afghanistan. The beer <laughs> never got to eat Pakistan. there. Pakistan. I feel like we watched a different movie, guys. The <laughs> moral of the movie is follow your heart. Dreams can come true. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> what dreams are made of. No, yes. no, 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 And all the memories of this movie, all the moments will be lost in time, like tears <laughs> in the rain. In the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm constantly time. reading my chest tat, and I'm starting to feel targeted. <laughs> I'm old... sorry, I've been staring the whole time. In, it's in English on the front, and then it says in the rain across my shoulder blades. People, people think thought it was my last name for a really long time. Yeah, I mean, I was a little oh. disturbed when you were doing pull-ups, and I had to see that. It was just <laughs> you're be on audio. People can hear the beefiness in your voice, so you just work out those quick ones to get the glamour muscles up. <laughs> That's why I work on my quad. Yeah, you'll have to join us for our other podcast, How We're Talk. <laughs> 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 or what's the hour? Uh, so please, please listen, follow, rate, and review Cage's Kiss on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. And check out our stuff on YouTube that features that awesome Adrian art and that oh. awesome uh, uh, little intro he made with the animation. Uh, and also go help our fund, uh, our, our, uh, support our fund for that, that sky laser at patreon.com forward slash cages kiss. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, although mostly on Twitter, uh, at cages kiss. You can visit our website at cageskiss.com, and you can write to us at cageskiss at gmail.com. Uh, shout out to Shocked and Applaud and Craft Beer oh, for their yeah. awesome reviews in Apple. Thank you so much. We we appreciate it so, 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 so much, really. And uh, check out my other show, Bedknobs and Broom Flicks. And check me out as Lila in uh, Dispatches of Disassociation. Lila. Adrian. Why? Uh, do uh, I'm on the DeviantArt as the Leo the Fox, L-E-O-T-H-E-F-O-X, all lowercase, all one word. And you can find my Patreon under the same thing where you can pay me money and see super secret artworks of extreme magnitude. 
You have my gratitude. Yay. Uh, I am Unreal Goals on Twitter and Instagram. I am also, unfortunately, the boy who blew over on Pornhub. Don't follow (laughs) me and clear your browser if you do. I also, eventually, when I get my art done, I'm going to be hosting Wisdom in the Bottle, where I rant about movies and whatever else comes to mind for two to four hours. Seriously. And that's about all I've got. Is that the bottle that went up your ass? Uh, actually, that's my wallet. Thank you. Just, just and, how he opens them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a talent? No. <laughs> Man's got to eat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where where can the people find you and your excellence? Uh, if you want to uh, tell me that I'm wrong, tell me your opinion, uh, or uh, just tell me that I missed some facts here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, the McLennan, which I guess you'll probably be like, "Hey, this is him." Uh, whenever you tweet out the podcast, but also I have a movie actually coming out into movie theaters and VOD uh, this month. It is called Ooh. The Pale Door. It is a horror western, uh, and you can watch it in the comfort of your own home, or you can risk your life to see it. And I will give you eternal gratitude for seeing it in a movie theater or drive-in. I kind of want to risk my life. Please do. I kind of do, too. <laughs> I mean, horror western, you kind of got, got me. It's got cowboys fighting witches. Oh, my oh, God. I, I just I just edited it. I didn't make the movie or write it or anything. I just edited it into a film. Your name you is my other Wikipedia and everything. <laughs> you know, my other podcast is about witches and media, so I might have to have you on there. <laughs> I mean, I can get you the director if you want to talk to him. He is a very jovial man and knows a lot about witches. I only know about witches based off of what I've edited and what I'm assuming is just a lot of latex and blood. They if use blood in their rituals. Nicholas Cage, I will apologize for this film. <laughs> And uh, that's also the name of Donnie's porn tape, Latex and Blood. <laughs> you know, I needed the money. Okay, I thought his porn tape was called me. Oops, That Doesn't Go There, but that was my <laughs> What's that's the sequel to that? The <laughs> Still the wrong hole. <laughs> and this is why we want you to come back on this podcast more. <laughs> Donnie, back to the hood. <laughs> That's got my daddy. <laughs> so you'll be hearing from us next week when we cover Arsenal, which you can or buy in the usual streaming places or stream for free with DirecTV or Tubi. Is it the Arsenal? Arsenal? Uh, oh. uh, oh. I can't oh, wait. Oh, I hear the cops. I got to get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming to take away Thank away, you so uh-huh. much for, for joining yeah. us. Thank and you guys so much sorry. for having me. It was very nice for you guys to reach out. I'm sorry uh, I had to, it was difficult to work out the schedule, uh, but I'm glad we got to talk about this movie, and I'm super happy that you guys thought it was all mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you are more than welcome to come back because this has yes, been an absolute joy. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. This was very fun for me as well. Thank you very Thanks much. Talk to you guys later. I got to bounce, though. Otherwise, I would Thanks sit and too. chat with you and have another whiskey and be like, oh, that was all right, right? I didn't seem like a fool. <laughs> Four hours later. That was great. <laughs> yeah. but I appreciate it, guys. You guys have a great night. You, you too. Well. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> wow, he was delightful. Cage. Yeah. Cage. 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 I could eat a page for hours.
please. Water Gang, I'm Kina, the host of the boozy and delightfully foul mouth comedy podcast, Historical AF. Fun fact, I'm an actual real life legit public historian, and each week I am joined by a special guest to deliver some funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Past topics have included the mythical, magical manhood of Russia's mad muck, Rasputin, my hot take that aliens did not build the pyramids. Some medieval animal trials. And I'm talking a pig ate your kid, so let's burn it like a witch trial. And I've covered serial killers that both my parents happened to meet as children. How do I seriously exist right now? And let's not forget about the spooky. We've covered the ghost of Anne Boleyn and the night marchers in Hawaii. Don't look at them. If you do, you have to strip naked. Dim's rules. You can find Historical AF on your favorite podcasting platforms, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Historical AF Pod. For your one-stop shop for all links on how to listen, the website, photos, Patreon, merch, and more, go to linktr.ee slash historical AF pod. Again, that is link. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash historical A-F pod. I cannot wait for you to join us. Cheers! Cheers!